Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. Today's message is part six of a multi-part Lenten series entitled Purple Theory, with today's message specifically entitled Silence, and it is based off of Mark chapter 14, verses 26 through 41. So let us dive into the Word today. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. On the way, Jesus told them, All of you will desert me, for the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter said to him, Even if everyone deserts you, I never will. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. Then they went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, Sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and fell to the ground. He prayed that, if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray, so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again, prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them for the third time, he said, Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But no, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Amen. At this point, I want to just invite you to sit in silence. Just sit in silence. Give me just a little bit of silence. And then we will get into the message.
When we practice being silent, we can deepen our connection with God. What was that initial silence like for you? Did you find it awesome or awkward? Was it too short of a time for you? Or was it way too long? That was a mere 60 seconds. Personally, I love silence. I know that may be hard to believe since my job requires me to talk so much. Deep down, however, I am an introvert at my core, and to be honest, I love to sit in silence. I have become, as a colleague and friend of mine has said, a socialized introvert, meaning that I have learned to be sociable and seemingly outgoing. In fact, uh, that colleague and friend is uh, none other than Reverend Sal Sermarco, who has been on this podcast before. But I've become a socialized introvert. Even though it drains me to do it, um, I, 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 I can do well uh, as anybody in, in, uh, you know, in crowds and in groups. Um, I've learned to do well in it. I've learned to put myself out there and step out of my shell. But it drains me to do it. And makes me long for alone time. It's not my comfort zone. So generally speaking, silence is my comfort zone. However, I cannot lie that I have not struggled with silence in other ways. There are times when there is literally nothing to say, and yet it feels awkward to say nothing. I mean, when we look at the scripture today, it said the disciples couldn't stay awake but they couldn't keep their eyes open. But the, one of the reasons why they couldn't keep their eyes open was it says that they didn't know what to say. They, they were in this moment where they had, they had nothing to say and it made them feel awkward, so they went to sleep. Also, another example, um, when someone is dying and I need to be there for them. That's a time when there's literally nothing to say, and yet it feels awkward to say nothing. And I wonder what I should say. What words might make it better? What shared thoughts and prayers might be comforting? In my time as a chaplain, I learned that silent presence is a powerful, if not more powerful. Uh, I found that silent, silent presence is as powerful than any word or prayer I might utter. I have sat bedside with people who were dying and just silently, silently held their hand, letting them know I was with them. Sure, sometimes words do come to me, and, and when that happens, I, I speak them. But observing silence is a form of praying, of actively listening to God. And often it is in the silence that I hear what is truly needed 
for me to say. So here are some things to consider. We all have a relationship with silence, whether we've thought about it or not. Some of us enjoy silence, such as myself. Some of us wish we had more silence in our lives, also such as myself. Silence makes some of us uncomfortable. We feel the need to fill our time with noise, whether literal or metaphorical. Moreover, some of us have been unjustly silenced. Right now, there are people out there that are actively seeking to silence black, brown, and Asian and other minorities. I think the negative reaction of some toward I think of the negative reaction of some toward Meghan Markle, for instance, or the six Asian women in Georgia, or the suppression of voters' rights that are largely going to affect people of color and the underprivileged. Now, you may be thinking, oh, you just got political. Yes, I did. And I challenge anybody who thinks that I shouldn't speak politically to go into scripture and find where it says that you should not you should not preach on things that aren't political or you should only follow Jesus until it becomes political. And if you can find that, please send it my way. But it's not in there. Spoiler alert. Um, yes, this is, this is a political statement, but it's a moral statement. And when politics and morality cross ways, you go with morality. The Bible tells us we follow Jesus Christ, period. Not we follow Jesus Christ conditionally. And suppressing human rights... Racism, discrimination, hate. The Bible speaks very loudly and clearly on those issues. So what does Scripture say regarding silence? Many churches, uh, many churches today are celebrating uh, Palm Sunday. But it is also Passion Sunday. When we remember the final period of Jesus' life, the period of suffering leading to death. Passion is from the Latin, pasior, to suffer, endure, bear. Patior. And, and while I, I typically focus on Palm Sunday, usually on Palm Sunday, this this year I, I decided not to. And the reason why I, I usually focus on Palm Sunday is because we also observe Good Friday, and that's where we do the Passion narrative. But but this this Palm Sunday, I wanted to focus more on the Passion uh, and to talk about silence as a spiritual discipline. In contrast to the loud praises of Jesus' entry to Jerusalem, the Passion story is much quieter and more somber. Silence played a key role in Jesus' last days, and his example shows us how it can help us tune into God's will for our lives. For instance, in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 31, Jesus intentionally 
took time away from all of the busyness of the Passover holiday and tense conversations with his disciples to be in quiet prayer with God. This was actually a a common practice of Jesus. We might even say a spiritual discipline throughout the Gospels. For example, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it is written that before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. In Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 32, we're told that after Jesus went After Jesus sent the disciples out two by two to do ministry, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 13, following feeding the 5,000, it's written, Jesus left in a boat to, re- to a remote area to be alone. Quiet time. Silence. Back to today's passage in Mark. Jesus went with his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane with his He went there with his disciples, and he asked them to keep watch while he went alone to pray. In this quiet time, Jesus asked God that, if possible, could he be spared from the suffering that was to come? However, he turned it back back over to God, yet not what I want, but what you want. In verse 36, It was in creating the space and silence to listen for God's will that Jesus heard and found it. This practice of listening to God's will is also the theme of the Old Testament lectionary reading for Passion Sunday. In Isaiah chapter 50 verse 5, Isaiah proclaimed, The sovereign Lord has spoken to me, and I have listened. I have not rebelled or turned away. The truth is that in order to truly listen, we must practice being quiet. Let me say that again. The truth is that in order to truly listen, we must practice being quiet. Now let us consider contrasting Jesus' approach to silence with that of his disciples. Jesus took a few disciples to Gethsemane and asked them to stay awake and keep watch while he prayed. Every time he returned to them, he found them sleeping. How often do we tune out or turn our brains off when faced with a scary and sad situation? How often does silence make us uncomfortable. Instead of using that quiet time away from the other disciples to pray, or simply keep watch as asked, the disciples avoided this silence by falling asleep. Let's put this into perspective. Just moments before Jesus had predicted his death 
he had predicted to his disciples uh, that 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 he, not only was he going to die, but they were going to desert him. Peter and all the others were extremely quick to say they would not do that. They would not leave him. They were quick to defend themselves. But friends, words and actions do not always match up. Right afterwards, they did begin to desert Jesus. Right after they denied they would do it, they began to do it by falling asleep when he asked them to stay awake. What if, instead of trying to defend themselves, the disciples had just listened to Jesus? What if they had stayed quiet and let their actions do the talking? And actually stayed awake when they were asked instead of just saying they would? What if? Friends, sometimes we talk too much. As a way of defending ourselves. Or trying to convince ourselves and others that everything's going to be okay. Practicing silence as a discipline can help us be more in tune with ourselves and with God so that we don't feel pressured to always say the right thing. We can learn to be comfortable with silence in hard situations when there are no easy answers or right things to say. While Jesus' disciples deserted him, we do not go into our time of silence alone. We just don't. Silence is not the absence of God's presence. Instead, it gives us the opportunity to tune into ourselves and to what God is saying to us. Again, silence is not the absence of God's presence. Rather, it gives us the opportunity to tune into ourselves and to what God is saying to us. I want you to consider how you, how you currently observe silence in your lives. Or perhaps you'll consider whether you observe it at all. We all should have quiet time, a time where we sit in the silence intentionally. In fact, that is my challenge for you this week. I challenge you to intentionally spend five minutes a day in silence. Each week, beyond this one, you can build up to more if you wish. A good way to do this in concert with other disciplines is to spend five minutes in complete silence following reading your Bible or following praying, allowing God to speak to you through what you just read or, or fo following what you just prayed. Friends, at the beginning of this Holy Week, how can you create space and silence for God in your daily life? As a church community, we need to incorporate silence and contemplation into what we do. Think about how many times you've observed silence as a congregation, in a small group, a, a, a church meeting, or any other function you've been to. This is a discipline we can and should be more intentional about, cultivating. 
When we go into meetings, we just rush right in and do business. There's no time for silence. Book studies, we say a prayer and go right into the book study. There's no time for silence. But we could be more intentional about incorporating silence into what we do. In fact, uh, the, in the latest book study I'm leading, uh, The Cross and the Lynching Tree by James Cohn, actually there was a moment of silence, and it was, was unintentional. It was spirit-led. We were watching a, a video of uh, a woman singing uh, Strange Fruit by uh, Billie Holiday, and they had pictures of lynchings and stuff in the background because that's what that song was about. It was what, what it was in protest of. And at the end of the video, everybody was just silent. There were no words that you could say to change what you saw. What might we hear God saying to us if we but stopped to be silent and listen? That is not a rhetorical question, but one I am legitimately asking. So let us end the way we began, and let this be our moment of silent prayer, listening for what God is saying to our church. Amen. Friends, if you if you made it this far, that means you you took the challenge with me and spent two minutes or 120 seconds silent, listening to God. Some, I'm sure, probably said, oh, I guess this is over and turned it off because that's what we do with silence, right? It, it, it's awkward. But if you made it this far, good on you, and I hope that you will, um, I hope that you will 
uh, incorporate silence into your into your life in whatever ways uh, that you do. Uh, as always, friends, thank you for tuning in. Check out the episode notes if this is your main spiritual uh, nourishment for the week and you feel so inclined and called. Please uh, check out the links to support us uh, that you can give online at uh, Tithely or uh, PayPal. Um, also, uh, if this is supplemental and you attend another church, then by all means support your church. Do not do not give to us and not give to them. They need it as much as we do. If you want to give to both, I'm sure your church and I know ours would be would be thrilled with that. But um, make sure you're supporting your church community. As always, friends, remember. You're richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace.